last week, uh, brothers and sisters, we learned uh, what it means to do good works out of thankfulness. That was, uh, as you may remember, in Lord's Day 32. Now, this afternoon, we will think a bit more about, about that, but especially about the implications for our everyday life as a Christian. As a confession, in Lord's Day 33 of the Heidelberg Catechism. So, question answered 88, 89, 90, and 91. Well, let's read Lord's Day 33 on page 549 of your book of press. What is the true repentance or conversion of man? It is the dying of the old nature and the coming to life of the new nature. Now, what is the dying of the old nature? It is to grieve with heartfelt sorrow that we have offended God by our sin and more and more to hate it and flee from it. Now, what is the coming to life of the new nature? It is a heartfelt joy in God through Christ and a love and delight to live according to the will of God in all good works. But what are good works? Only those which are done out of true faith in accordance with the law of God and to His glory and not those that are based on our own opinion or on the precepts of men. Uh, that's why this uh, part of our confession. Uh, we sing uh, immediately after the preaching of the word, hymn 68, verses 1 and 8. Hymn 68, 1 and 8. That's our song of response. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, have you been converted? Now, some of you may say, I've been converted. Yes, absolutely. I did not grow up as a, as a believer, as a Christian, but you know, at some point in time, I got to know Jesus, and I was converted. Now I'm a Christian. That's great. What about the rest of us? Uh, some of you may think, uh, what do you mean, converted? I've been a Christian all my life. I was baptized, and I did profession of faith. What more do you want to know? Others may say, I'm, I'm not so sure. Yes, I was baptized, and, and at some point in time I did profess my faith, but that does not mean that I'm really converted, does it? So apparently a lot depends on what you actually mean when you use those words, conversion or repentance. Now, in our thinking, it is often connected, first of all, with coming to faith, right? The first person that I sort of quoted. Yeah, someone turns to God, and someone begins to follow Christ. He walks away from a worldly life, and he begins to follow Christ. Let me talk about being converted as being saved, if this has happened to you, it, it, it was, of course, and it still is, a major change in your life. 
At the same time, anyone who had this experience, this life-changing experience, will also tell you that it is only a beginning. It is the start of a new way of living. It is, it is the start of a life that is characterized by repentance and a conversion every day again. In other words, whether you are new to the faith or you have been a Christian all your life, every believer must continue to turn away from sin, to fight against the power of sin, to fight against the temptations to sin, and turn to living in the service of God. And you've got to do that every day again. That's conversion. That's the repentance Lord's Day 33 is talking about. Last week we heard in Lord's Day 32 that Christ renews us by His Holy Spirit to be His image so that with our whole life we may show ourselves thankful to God. That was answer 86. But we also saw, and that was answer 87, that if we do not turn away from sin, we do not fight against us, our, our sin. We do not turn to Jesus. We do not have access to God and to His kingdom. That's why we all need every day this kind of renewal. When you become a new creation, as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, you want to walk the way God wants you to walk. You want to do the things God wants you to do. And the only one who can make you do that is Jesus. And he does so by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you've got to trust that he who started a new beginning in your conversion will also continue to carry you forward in that conversion day after day after day. Jesus Christ is your new start every day again. That's the message this afternoon. Jesus Christ is your new start every day again. That comes with sorrow. That comes with joy. And that comes with a change. Jesus Christ is your new start every day again. It comes with sorrow, with joy, and leads to a change. Congregation, the new setup of your life, which is established and shaped by the work of the Holy Spirit, is given to you in Jesus. Right? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, says Paul to the Corinthians. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This is the gospel. This is the good news that the church has in the world. This is the key message of the church for the world. Because it is the glorified Christ himself who says, I am making everything new. No one else does. That's astonishing news, really. We all know it. But it's astonishing. And, and, and that's why it has to be told. It has to be proclaimed. It has to be spread and broadcast. It has to be made known everywhere. The gospel for all people in the world. The good news for all the desperate and broken people outside the church and inside the church. This is the gospel for all the hopeless people the world is filled with. All who feel that their lives are stuck. That, that, that their lives are messed up. That it is ruined beyond repair. Let everyone know, no matter how devastated things are in your life, no matter how corrupt things are in your life, let everyone know it will be renewed when you believe in Jesus Christ. He alone is the new beginning.
He is not only a new start, he's the only new start for everyone in the world. There's no one else. There's nothing else out there who can do that. Now, a lot of people in our society uh, who look at the misery and the mess in their lives and would love to start all over again. People are looking for a new setup. Something that would allow them to leave behind the ruins and the despair in their life. Looking for ways to improve their lives. They're looking for ways to improve the world we live in. But you know, as long as they do so without Jesus, as long as they hope to find a new start in their own strength, or by their political views, or by their social activities, with their own talents and clever skills, they will never be able to find the new beginning. For it is in Jesus Christ. And it is nowhere else. It's also in the church. You can hear people, cl people complain. People lament. Things don't really change in their lives. I want to change, but I make so little progress. I, I, I want to serve God and follow Jesus the true renewal of my heart and life is often failing. Do you have that too? I have that. Do you have that too, my brother and sister? I want to. I try. But honestly, I cannot say that my life looks so much better than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. That can be a hopeless feeling. Where is the break with my past? Where is the real turnaround and the real new start to live with God and my neighbor in true love? Am I getting anywhere? Not so easy, right, if you have to struggle with those questions? But guess what? It can be worse. You also have people who are not struggling at all. Oh, yeah, Christians, and they agree that we're all sinners. No one is perfect. But they don't feel so bad about themselves. They live decent lives. They don't worry about themselves. They're quite satisfied with their progress and holy living. They don't feel that they have to retract things in their lives or apologize for something or ask for forgiveness. Most of the time they are right anyway. That's a big mistake. Don't, don't rely on a decent-looking Christian facade behind which you can live your life as you feel like it. You might think that God is okay with your self-confidence, but that will turn out to be false hope. These are the people to whom the Lord says through Jeremiah, and now I have to connect, correct myself. I made a mistake. I missed the scripture reading. I, quote, I start quoting from Jeremiah and I think by myself, we didn't even read from Jeremiah yet. So let me correct that mistake. I apologize. I'm very sorry for that. It's sort of interruption as you're preaching and that is not good. But let's, let's at least read Jeremiah. We read Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14 to 4, verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 3. Starting in verse 14. 
Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And then it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, says the Lord, that they will say no more, the ark of the covenant of the Lord, it shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it, nor shall it be made any more. At that time Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. In those days the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I have given as an inheritance to our fathers. But I said, how can I put you among children and give you a pleasant land, a beautiful heritage of the hosts of nations? And I said, you shall call me my father and not turn away from me. Surely, as a wife treacherously departs from her husband, so have you dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, says the Lord. A voice was heard on the desolate heights, weeping and supplications of the children of Israel, for they have perverted their way, they have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, you backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. Indeed, we do come to you, for you are the Lord, our God. Truly, in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Truly, in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. For shame has devoured the labor of our fathers from our youth, their flocks and their herds, their sons and their daughters. We lie down in our shame and our reproach covers us, for we have sinned against the Lord our God. We and our fathers, from our youth even to this day, we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. If you will return, O Israel, says the Lord, return to me. And if you will put away your abominations out of my sight, then you shall not be moved. And you shall swear the Lord lives in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness. The nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him they shall glory. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts, you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Lest my fury come forth like a fire and burden so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings. So far God's word. So as we were talking about um, the, 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 uh, the need to repent and the need to be converted, to turn away from evil and to turn to, to, the, to the Lord and make that the, 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 the daily renewal and the daily conversion and the daily repentance that we need. And, and then I made the comment that that if you think that you don't have to struggle against your sin, because you're a decent person, and you do all the things that you, not perfect, but pretty good, all the things that you are supposed to be doing in holy living before the Lord, and, and God will be pleased with that, you make a mistake. 
You might think that God is okay with your self-confidence, but that turns out to be false. These are the people that think that way, the people to whom the Lord says to Jeremiah in chapter 4, verse 4, circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Circumcise your hearts, my people, or my wrath will break out like fire because of the evil you have done. It will burn with no one to quench. But what about those who are anxiously wondering, how can I find a new start? And, and hang on to that new start in my life. Yes, me, I, with my difficult character, my sinful thoughts, my bad habits. In Jeremiah 13, verse 23, the Bible asks, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. That sounds pretty, pretty desperate, pretty hopeless. And it is true. When you think of that, think of how you can change, how you can improve yourself, that can indeed make you desperate. Unless you believe in Jesus Christ as the new start. Unless you believe that he makes the new start in your life through his word, through the Holy Spirit. Unless you put your trust in him who says to you, I will make you share in my death and in my resurrection. So believe in me, my child, believe in me, and you will find peace in my sacrifice for your forgiveness. This will be in your life at a catechism called the dying of your old sinful nature. And at the same time, the coming to life of the new nature, recreated in God's image. For, for this word, this word of God's grace in Jesus Christ, this is the saving word, this is the redeeming word of God's love. Here, my brother, my sister, you have the greatest miracle in our world. It is the miracle that makes the impossible become possible through the powerful words of Jesus. Believe these words and you will see it. God's grace has entered my life. It renews me. It recreates me. And it keeps doing that. It keeps doing that every day again. Look, look how the miracle comes about. My heart turns to God. Yes, God is and God remains the first. Always. That's the way he keeps calling. He keeps calling you in great compassion. Jeremiah 3 verse 14. Return, says the Lord to the people of Israel and Judea. Return, faithless children. I am your master. I will take you, one from a city, two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. But return to me. Time and again, the gospel shows that God himself makes this new start in the lives of his people. And so he is also the one who prompts my response. We've read it again, Jeremiah 3, 22 to 25. The response of the people. Yes, we come to you. For you are the Lord our God. In the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. We have sinned against the Lord our God. From our youth to this day, we have not obeyed the Lord our God. That's what it is to grieve with heartfelt sorrow that we have offended God by our sin. Understand that your sins are not just miserable mistakes or bad incidents. No, sin is turning away from God's covenant of love. That's what sin is all about. I have insulted God. I have caused God pain. 
I, 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 I let go of my new start in Jesus Christ. I have fallen back in my old life. And that hurts my father. And see, that is what true conversion starts. I realize that I have grieved God and offended God. And, and I still do so every day. Not only that I have sinned, some sin here and there, I am sin before God as Jesus was made sin before God in our place. See, see, then it's also clear that you cannot do with anything less than heartfelt sorrow. Deep distress in your heart. How terribly did I hurt and grieve my father again with the old sins. And my old sins keep popping up. Why do I not turn away from my old sins? Why do I keep getting back to them? Why do I keep stumbling and falling instead of standing strong in the joy of my salvation? It's true, nothing less than heartfelt sorrow. How many people are there not who call themselves Christians or whose lives are ruled by materialism, by the pursuit of pleasure, the pursuit of fame, sexual fulfillment. And you, can be, you can be happy with yourself, you can be satisfied with yourself. Perhaps others will admire your achievements in life, but then your faith takes a backseat. And you're not seriously seeking first the reconciliation of all your sins in the blood of your Savior. And you're not prayerfully searching for the things that God is showing you and talking to you about in His Word. His promises, His demands, His threats, His warnings. And you know what the result is? You will end up leading a superficial life without fear for sin, without a healthy fear for the wrath of God. How is that among us? How do the words of Jeremiah resonate among us? Is this deep sense of guilt still there among Reformed people? Or is it maybe disappearing? It's not very popular today. I mean, life is not so bad when we enjoy the goodies the world has to offer. For young and old, it's good to think of these things. It's serious enough to be concerned about. It calls for repentance. My brother, my sister, do you know in your own life this true conversion? I emphasize true. But we can also fall into the trap of superficial conversions or temporary conversions. There's emotional excitement which has not much root. Do you know real fear in your life? Fear for sin, fear for the wrath of God over your sin. No, I'm not glorifying fear. We should never glorify fear as that's all that you need to have. Because it's about no one else but Jesus. His grace makes all the things new as He leads you to repentance. But with repentance must come personal, heartfelt sorrow that I did indeed offend God with my sin then as you really fear the wrath of God against your sin, you will also come to hate sin. Otherwise, it's not good. And you will have to practice that, hating sin. Practice that all your life 
And it will only come to an end when you die or when Jesus returns, whatever comes first. Don't be mistaken. Repentance or conversion is not just that you refrain staying away from sin for whatever reason. There are lots of decent people in the world, inside the church, but also outside the church, who have lots of different reasons to refrain from sin. Why do I not steal? Why do I not murder people? Well, I get me into trouble with the police. The question is, do you hate sin? Do you detest it? So that you cannot stand sin? It means you must have your new start in Jesus. Every day again. Whether you're a little child, whether you're a teenager, young adult, just married, a baby boomer, or really old, you will need Jesus. Don't say, oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, sure, we, we, maybe we can do that later in our lives. We have lots of time. No, no, the Lord calls you to repent today. He still does, every day. If you return, Jeremiah again, Jeremiah 4, verse 1, if you return, you should return to me, he says. Do you understand? The door is still open. But do we know how long it will be open yet? Do you know when the door will close on you? Are you struggling with that? Perhaps you get discouraged when you think of that. Perhaps you wonder sometimes whether it's really possible to make a new start in your life. By the time you get started, you have failed again. Yeah, that's what you feel when you look at yourself. But don't look just at yourself. Look at the one sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And flee to him. Flee with all your sins, with all your disappointments, with all your heartfelt sorrow to him, with your despair. Flee to your Savior, Jesus. He is your new start. Don't say, yeah, but I have tried hard to start again, over and over again. But it never works. By the end of the day, I'm back to square one. Remember the form for baptism that we've heard this morning? If you sometimes through weakness fall into sins, do not despair of God's mercy. Never forget your relationship, your eternal covenant with Him who is your new beginning. Start with Him again tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday every day. There is and there will never be another starting point than the grace of God in Jesus. Hang on to his promise. Can you do that every day? Yes, you can. The door is still open. How do you know? Well, otherwise, this sermon would not be preached this afternoon, and you would not be here to listen to it. This uh, brings us to the flip side of repentance or conversion. Uh, we talked about the sorrow. About Jesus' works also, the joy of your new start. Remember, the joy comes with the sorrow, not after it. The dying of your old nature and the coming to life of the new nature come together. They're not, they, they, they are two sides of one new start. So we're not talking about two different episodes in your life. Of which the second, the joy, can only start after the first one has been completed. So it's not a matter of the first, you have to go through the depth of your sorrow for a long time, till you're 40 or 50 perhaps, 
And after that, then you can eventually rejoice. It's not so either that after a quick moment of sorrow, you can leave sorrow behind and the rest of your life is only joy and only delight all the time. No, no. Do not separate them. They belong together. They decline together and they grow strong together. You can hear that in the Psalms. In many of the Psalms you can hear that. These wonderful songs. This living with the God of the covenant. What do you hear in the Psalms? The believers cry out of the depth of sadness. At the same time they praise God's saving grace. It all comes together. After all, when we can only lament and there is no joy, there is no true repentance. And when there is nothing but joy without sorrow and distress because of sin, there's no true repentance either. It's only a superficial, happy feeling. And so, yes, they do belong together. And the one new start in Jesus, he teaches us again and again to say no to sin and to say yes to holy living. What's the coming to life of the new nature? It's a heartfelt joy in God through Christ. Now highlight the last two words. Through Christ. He is and he remains in the very center. Also when we talk about our daily repentance or conversion. No one works this great joy in your heart. But Jesus alone. For he says to me. All the old things you need to get rid of. I took them when I died at Golgotha. On the cross. And all the new things you need to have, I brought them about when I arose at Easter. Not only that, I will also create this into a living reality in your heart and life by the power of my spirit. Your new start, says Jesus, is in me. And I am the one who will also bring it to a final victory. That's my promise to you. Praise God for this perspective. And embrace it with all your heart and life by the power of the Spirit. O Lord, you are. And you will always be the first and the last in my life. In you alone is my new beginning. And so, in the midst of ever-flowing tears of sorrow because of my sin, my heartfelt joy in God is born. The deep joy of faith in God's grace. The joy that Satan has been defeated. That Jesus' work of reconciliation is finished. That the destructive power of sin has been broken. It is the joy in God my Father because of His salvation and recreation in Jesus. Glorious is His name. So be happy in Him whom God gave to you as your new start every day of your life. Trust that in Him whom God gave to you, by the power of His Holy Spirit, you will experience a new start in your life every day. The creating power of the Almighty God will turn you into a new person, a person who wants to fight against sin, a person who wants to crucify and bury his old sinful nature. And this new man or new woman will also think and talk and live differently. That's what your Savior wants you to do. When that happens, when that happens, your life becomes a festive event. 
you will see holy living. Holy living that serves the glory of the God who by His grace made you into who you are. A new man who loves Him, is happy in Him, and has the desire to obey Him. You know, people think sometimes that repentance or conversion, becoming a Christian, but also daily conversion, uh, makes for a boring and dreary life. Nothing to enjoy. But it doesn't make sense. We all know the story of the prodigal son, right? In the, in the New Testament. Parable of Jesus. Now tell me. The return of this lost son to his loving father. How can that ever be a dreary event? Sure, there was a time that this young man in the parable was thinking... This life at home with my father is dull, it's boring, I'm sick of it. I want to have fun, I want to be out of here. But his repentance was that he said, I will get up and then go back to my father. And I say, Father, I want to be with you forever. Even if it is as a sermon. But I want to be with you forever. For nowhere life is better than with you. Boys and girls, young people, let not anyone make you believe that living a Christian life is boring and dull. That you're restricted by lots of iron rules that tell you don't do this, don't do that, don't go here, don't go there. You know what? It's your old nature that tells you and pictures that picture of Christian faith. Don't listen to your old nature. He's dying anyway. No, no. Living a life of repentance is living a life of freedom and of joy because it is turned towards Him who is life and who gives life. It is living a delightful life that in Jesus Christ will grow and develop and become complete. He won the victory. In Him the old has gone and the new has come. In Him a new world is opening up. Say this to yourself. Tomorrow when the evil one will come to you and the evil one will try to tempt you again. Say this to yourself, and your old nature will rear its ugly head again. Say it to yourself, and say it out loud. Say, no, it's over. My Savior won the battle. The victory is His. So that I can keep fighting against my sin. And the Holy Spirit has been given to me as a burning torch in my heart. God Himself will finish His work in my life. And so I may await the moment that my struggle will be completely over. Because it's not over tomorrow. But it will be. The glorious moment is coming. That my old nature will finally be put to death forever. And I may stand before my God. Filled with exuberant and never ending joy. When we meditate on these things and you rejoice in the power of Jesus Christ for a new start every day, you will also feel the desire for change. The desire to serve and obey God in everything. Now already. The Catechism talks about it as hating sin, fleeing from sin, 
and in love and delight to live according to the will of God and all good works. And here you see again how it all comes together as one. It all comes together. Repentance, sorrow, joy, love, obedience, good works. It all comes together as one. Because it all has its origin in true faith in Jesus Christ. As your new start by the power of the Spirit. And so he, Jesus, he also works this change to delight in all good works. How do you do that? What are we talking about? The things in your life that can be called good works. Now we have to learn to think beyond the idea of being nice to other people. Now there's nothing wrong with being nice to other people. Of course not. That makes life in this world a bit more, a bit more comfortable if we are all nice to each other. It's all true. But real good works are those things that are the result of your faith in Jesus Christ. Your faith in Him who says, I will renew you to be my image. And again, He is your new start. He's the only hope for the future. For your future, for my future, for the future of His people, for the future of the whole world, for the future of all nations on earth. And this is so central that if you hold on to your living communion with Jesus, your communion of faith, good works will, will appear in your life. Just like that. Okay, now that's a strong statement. Right? Can you really say that? If, if it comes up in your life just like that, are you not personally involved in that and making choices and all that? Don't be mistaken. It does not mean... That you can say, oh, as long as I believe in Jesus, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to worry about the will of God and the glory of God. It doesn't matter how I live. I love Jesus, so it's good anyway. No. Jesus saves and renews to a new obedience. A new obedience to an old law. A law that was valid already in paradise was confirmed later in the Ten Commandments. And in Jesus, we want to obey with new joy. Then how you live will more and more reflect the holy will of the one who gave the law. And your lifestyle will praise the law. As we sing with Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. By them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. And in this way we see everything come to its final goal. And the final goal is the glory of God. And with this perspective, you and I get to work every day. We're going to be busy with good works. And it means we're going to be busy by simply obeying what God expects you to do. In your regular daily activities. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom and your family. Teachers and students in school. A businessman who deals with customers. And tries to make a good business deal. A laborer on the job site. Whatever that is, the will of God covers everything, all the time. And as his people, Christ calls us to show in this world 
what true repentance is all about, what conversion is all about, and what it does. What it does for your marriage, yeah, conversion, repentance, what does it do for your marriage, and for your family, and for your relationship as parents with children? What does it do for your work? What does it do for the education of your kids? What does it do for how we treat each other in the church and in the world? And then our God will rejoice because what God is seeing is the power of His grace. With Jesus of your new start, you can do it and you will not be disappointed. For your Father's love will bring you to perfection in Christ alone. Amen.